people that think all we're needing to ask is for you to help me with this. I'm going to make sure. I'm going to bore you to death is what I'm going to do. Okay, I'm going to force the topic. Here we go. Um, hey, uh, this morning, Lynn and Erica, I want to pray and you wanted me to to encourage you. Uh, you wanted me to talk to you all and share a little bit about um, this random stuff about where this scenario was. Uh, it is a huge uh, monthly authority issue series. Lynn's going to wrap that up with uh, what do you do if your boss is a goober. It's there. Uh, it's one of them, and it's it's there. Uh, you can you you win. There it is. Um, it's already taught. Uh, he'll get into second. And uh, I just wanted I want to say this. Uh, if you've been on the AGCenter.com uh, sort of discussion board that has started, you can log in and like say something if you want. Anyone can do that. Uh, there are 11 pages of anyone who have decided to comment when it comes to enduring time. If you decide to read those, uh, you'll find some people who are pretty angry already. What we've noticed, Lynn and I just work a very rational way and we're talking, and it really seems like the people um, have taken their anger about this issue and really made it about something else. But we keep noticing over and over and over again in these comments is that people just seem to be angry at church overall. Uh, people seem to be angry at something that happened. Uh, and so with very little is directed at that, and, and the direct response was bringing stuff to that series. So I, I don't want to go on and on about that, but I, I do want to, I guess, warn you So more and more and more of that. So we're not, uh, this is one for us. And we just keep inviting people uh, to keep sending love and uh, we'll be okay. Okay. Cool. Well, with that, Pat, I am a little bit on the spot. I'd like to share with uh, Sarah. Today, uh, today is the biblical story. We are continuing the series in Acts. And, and, and Lynn and I, uh, we met up six months ago. And uh, uh, initially, I, I used Lynn as me next week's talk. And then I went back about a week later and I said, I, I can't stop thinking about this this issue of biblical authority. And I really feel like I've got something I'd love to share with the church. And so uh, I'm going to commission the time and say thank you for having me today. Uh, I'm really honored to be up here sharing. Uh, I'm 28 years old. Some of you know I didn't want to laugh, um, but I, uh, I, <laughs> I promise you that I have poured more hours through the end of sort of thinking and praying and preparing for, for what I'm about to say today. Uh, really just to share with something that's just been kind of burning me and that I, I haven't thought about. And so uh, we'll, we'll go there today. This, this issue of biblical authority is a sort of a scary one. Uh, it's, it's one that uh, I don't know that they want to talk about. And Linda kind of, she, she felt it was weird to kind of announce it in. But I, I think that's because maybe we, we, we are resentful of sin. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Bible uh, and where it's viewed our authority, our full authority for, for what we believe and how we behave as a church, how it shapes itself out here at Cornerstone. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share the pot a little bit. Lynn asked me uh, to come up here and do this in um, maybe in a different way. She said, I've taught this message before, and um, she said, I, I believe that there's a good chance right now that you might need a little spin on it. So I'm going to spin a little bit today. Um, we're going to attempt to take one one day. 30 is cool. I only got one guy in here. I, I'll be back. Uh, and so my friends say that not the part of the Bible that he doesn't understand that's scaring him. It's the part that he does understand. You guys know Mike Swain, a really great quoter. I don't know if some of you guys have ever been quoted, but he kind of nails it today. Because he quoted all day. <laughs> he just followed me around and wrote it down. It's about fishing and the Bible and everything. But in this 
imagine even if I did, the work humility that it would be. And then I became a Christian. And just when I thought I had my own little sort of pop-up church or my own sort of little area of life that I had control over, I eventually was Christian in my own heart. See, if there was ever a person who who could be a lone ranger spiritually, who if there was ever anyone who walked the planet who didn't have to listen to anybody because they probably would have made the right decisions, it was Jesus. But over and over and over in Scripture, what do we see? We see Jesus, dying to self, submitting to authority. Over and over he's saying, it's not my will, it's your will. Over and over, once in a while you'll see him saying things like, yeah, if, if there's any way for us to do this a different way, can we do that? But it's not my will, it's your will, Lord. And we even see Jesus at one point submitting to scripture and him saying, I, I haven't come to destroy the scripture, to vert the authority of scripture. I haven't come to abolish the law. I haven't come to trump the law here. I'm not, I have come to submit to it and to fulfill it. I have come to plug into the story of God. And not only that, but fulfill the law. Jesus had a very deep understanding of scripture. Says that partial obedience is it's really not obedience at all. But if you partially obey, it, it's really not obeying at all. If we just take on the battle in our own life and we put, sort of set aside everything else, then we run the risk of really just becoming God. And, and if we start to use the Bible to, to be authoritative, to, to tell maybe somebody sitting next to us or anybody else, I am an authority, God said so, to go and do my will, then we are really trying to be God. And, and if I can't operate that, a couple people might. That would be the key to that. You know, if I can't have church, I'm God. And, and we can't, because then Dan's going to create God on Mary on Saturday. Uh, and he's like, it's true, so it's weird. But uh, he's getting married on Saturday. That's why I got Anna and Andrew. And, and I got my dog. But she's a puppy. And, and I can't get either one of them to sit on it very long. I, I watch Andrew run around the office. I can't tell you how many. So I, I, I'm, I'm annoyed that somebody brought it in me to sort of distract that person and try to stop that from happening. And even maybe out here on stage, I might try to sound a little authoritative and respectful to them. You know, everything goes well in my family. But it's just something brought in me that, that I want to be authoritative. I have climbed the mountain literally on that thing for over a year. And I have been told my wife to feed my ego if I wanted to. I can do what I want to do. Use this belt for authority, but I'm definitely not using it for anything but that belt. I'm definitely not using it for that. And this whole world is built on my belt. But as a church, we, we've said that we're going to take this chapter and this will be our sole authority for what we believe and how we behave. That the authority of Scripture means that we're going to run everything we do as a church, all of our decisions are not going to be made uh, by you know the elders who came or by business dealings. It's going to be, uh, what does the Word have to say about it? And as a church, we run everything through the word of Scripture because we hope that you as a church are honoring God. And, and he's given us this gift, this amazing gift that we're going to talk about today, to, to make those decisions and to help us live just the kind of life that he wants us to live. And so what, what we believe in that message here today is that this book, this chapter, it's, it doesn't do a whole lot of talking about itself, but what it does say is that it is useful for teaching us and equipping us to become the kind of people that God wants us to be. And so we value this truth more so than any book, more so than anyone speaking a book or anything. So real fast, to end this, um, let's sort of uh, make fun of some metaphors. Uh, 
scripture says out loud that we are a Bible-keeping church, you've got to start asking some questions because the Bible is both complicated and authoritative. But I do believe anyone saved, that I would even go right to things about God now, that I would even preach, and I believe that by reading the scriptures and studying the context and, and learning as much as we can about the people that received the grace, that we can know the heart of God. And some of the situations he writes into, they're not the same as ours, but some of those principles are true to us today still. And I believe it's, it's up to the Spirit of God in our lives to help us to be responsible translators of the Word of God. And I believe we've got amazing translations from, from Joel Elrod and countless of those translations into our lives. So please read them. They'll say it again. Uh, I want you to tell me uh, which ones of these, these are commandments of God. Not one short little page. Uh, these are commandments of God from the Bible, word for word. I'm not making up here or anything. Uh, these are commandments from God that He's given to us. And I want to ask you, which ones of these are timeless commands? Meaning, they were truly said out loud. They were true today. Versus which ones of these, well, they were true for a while, and it's sort of true now, but only in this context. And versus something else that I didn't think I would ever hear this way. Genesis chapter 1 is going to work. Don't worry, though. It's kind of cheeky back there. I'll give you some of it to help you know this. Genesis chapter 1, 28. God blessed them and said to them, that means... Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Stay rich. Make babies. Have little children. Be fruitful. Increase in number. Still important today. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Still important. Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 12. When you have finished getting the five tenths of all your produce in the third year, the year of the tithing, you shall give it to the Levites, the aliens, the fatherless, and the widow, so that you may eat in your towns and be satisfied. That's pretty timeless. Okay. We need a little bit of clarification on that, but pretty much 1 Corinthians five fifteen makes sense. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Still true? Still working for today. Our greetings, man. We got a big team out there. 1 Corinthians 14.34, women should remain silent in the churches. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 23. I want to be careful here because I have an exception to you. I'm not, I am not, I am not mocking scripture with a little backhanded and theology. I'm asking questions. Which ones of these are true to us today in their entirety? start asking questions like, hey, why? Hey, why, why is this commandment not more in context with my situation? I don't think that I'm not mocking this. I'm saying that this, this is what it's supposed to look like. And so I'm asking those questions. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 23. Stop drinking only water and use a little wine because of your stomach aches and illnesses. You know, a lot of our stomach aches are due to negative thoughts in our lives, so we want to not get that sick. And then Exodus 19, 19. First three words are, keep my decrees. But God says, keep my decrees. And I am decreeing. Keep this. This is important. Keep it. Do not make two different kinds of animals. Do not try to deceive with two kinds of food. Do not wear clothing worn by two kinds of fire. Stop. 
Lord God. Father, we just bless you in this. Thank you, Heavenly Father, as Sarah and Clay said, Father, you are married. You're not meant for a wife. Okay, go ahead. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 32. Wives in the presence of the enemy show respect to the elderly and their joy to God. Wives in the presence of the enemy show respect for the elderly and their joy to God. Recognize this one today to address Sarah. Some of our some of our elderly are childless and widowed parents at the time God set their sons apart to God. Wives in the presence of the enemy show your respect. Verse number two, verse ten. Sarah, submit yourself to your master without a respect. Not only to those who are good and upright and considerate, but also to those who are
believe all of the right things about God, there's a conflict. And we've got to see in here that all the things that are hard about him are insatiable. So we kept going over and over. The things that you believe about life, the things that you believe about God, the things that you believe about yourself will determine the decisions you make in faith. So it was this little thing kept going that we put belief lead to decisions and lead to actions. Do you remember? Some of you brand new. You should have done that. It was, it was a great series because we just got to go over and over. What do you believe about God? And it's true because if it's not, then it's affecting the decisions you're making and the outcomes. But, but more, what I want to show today is that what to be a Christian really is to submit to biblical authority doesn't mean to just memorize all the right commandments and believe all the right things. But God is more interested in making us determine the kind of people that He's crafted us to be. And so the invitation today is to immerse ourselves in Scripture, to put our trust in the midst of God's story. And perhaps we'll need some of us to trade our stories to get a more fulfilled life. So let's do that. Let's get this out. Let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk the name of God mission. We do this. We care about the things that God cares about. A key text of Scripture has changed your life and your life. God has spoken through the Word of God and changing you is this. You care about the things that God cares about. Maybe another way to put that is, do you get angry about the things that God gets angry about? The danger is that we as a church might start getting angry about things that just don't matter. And this happens all over the place in different congregations and different churches. You look, and when you look back at the situation, you go, that just doesn't matter. In the long run, isn't God angry about that? And if you're not angry about it, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do a, a quick run-through.
Christian man said in their lives as it goes to the church. 584 million women around the world are widows. More than 800 million people go to God weekly and bring their lives to God. The problem is not that we just have more and more people. The problem is the gospel. 800 million people. Well, they think they're just stepping between God and Jesus. And they're avoiding the one who is the Father. He said to that woman, but there are some sitting in this place who are not ready. Some sitting in this place who say, I don't trust you. 35 children died just as a result of the fall. That's six per hundred lives that are lost every year. The gospel. It's estimated 16,000 people die in poverty alone in this country because they did not believe in the gospel.
over and over again. I don't want to go there. No, no, no. I need to stay here. But I do want to go back. So mark that spot for the story of John. And the story of John is everything that matters in life. My life, my death, my job, my family, it's all there. And then everything we do for this pursuit of what is good for us. And we try not to do that on every trip. That can go wrong. And sometimes the most influential voice in the room is somebody else's at times when we're trying the ones that start making the decisions, we try to find what's good for me to stay here. Give me everything you can, but give me everything that's good for you. Hold on. And we actually don't go there for a while. But we seek to, to gain God and, and the causes of our day and the people of our day to focus around what's good. I took this as John starts wrapping it up with the flood and I took a nap. You know, I read it and I almost sort of felt this out like a friend. I wanted to relax and, and just kind of take a break and and consider maybe my own life in more ways today and more standard. Continue to or start to care about the things God cares about. And maybe that won't go. Maybe today is a freeing day for some of us because we're not so worried about things that just don't matter. And we've been invited to care about things that do matter.